1: of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity. Live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. You were made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow.
2: You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
1: Hallelujah. All weekend, the Lord has been saying to me that the hole that's been dug for you, your enemy's going to be in. And I, I knew, I do believe the Lord gave me this message, so I'm going to preach it. I might just have to preach it tonight, but something's shifting, and it's, it's, it's something shifting. And, and I had to acknowledge it in the first service, and, and I think I, I need to acknowledge it here again today in this service. Something's shifting, and uh, you want to lean into these moments. You, you want to be responsive in these moments. And I can't pretend that I understand it all, but what I do know is God's got it. And he's got you and every person in this room. Father, open eyes today as I minister your word, and I give you honor and glory for what you accomplish in each life in Jesus' name. Again, today we're in a familiar passage. And if I go a little bit past 12, it's, it's just kind of the way it's going to have to be today. But in verse 1, Daniel said it, it pleased Darius. Darius was the third media Persian king. His kingdom was absolutely massive. His, he was actually at the zenith of, of the kingdom and, and power at this particular time. His domain extended from India all the way to eastern Africa. And uh, though he did expand the nation even more than his predecessors, King Cyrus and and the rest, his greatest contribution was not really military conquest as much as management. And uh, when when I was in school, Peter Drucker was the guy to read. And and what he said was, leadership is doing the right things, but management is doing things right. And Cyrus, you know, and and the kings before him that were great leaders and they they accomplished many things, and they took new territory and grounds. but he took the kingdom to the next level through managing and, and setting things in order and, and that 's why in the next few verses we 're going to see something of it for us it's, it's, we don 't really see it because you know we 're looking back on it, but th- this was a revolution in terms of how governments were organized, so the Bible speaks of and communicates about how Uh, Darius set up his kingdom. It says here, he set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the entire kingdom. These uh, satraps had judicial power. They also had executive power uh, over their regions. But most importantly, these satraps collected uh, taxes for the king. And over these 120, there was even a smaller group of only three governors of whom Daniel was one. And the king did this such that there'd be greater accountability in government so that the satraps might give account to them. So we see here that Daniel, we know from, from history, he was a devout Jew, a godly man, but he served in a Gentile regime. Uh, he refused to let his race or his ethnicity put him in a box. And here's something I know. The biggest limits you'll ever face in your life are the limits you put on yourself. Well, he was put in this position so that the king would suffer no loss, meaning his primary role was to watch the back of, of King Darius, especially his finances. And again, his job was to make sure no one's hand was in the cookie jar. Then Daniel did his job so well that he distinguished himself above the three or the three governors as well as 120 satraps. Despite all of his natural disadvantages, he was amongst the best trained and the most skilled leaders in the kingdom. Daniel still shined. And it said that he distinguished himself because of one thing, because he had an excellent spirit or an excellent attitude. It says because an excellent spirit was in him. You see, aptitudes about what you can do, but attitudes about how you do it. Now we got to understand something of the background uh, unless you you misunderstand what's happening here. Daniel was taken from his homeland and and he was raised in, in either Judea or, or Israel but the kingdom and uh the uh, king Nebuchadnezzar conquered the nation and and took him back to Babylon. And then after he got to Babylon, the Bible says he was turned into a eunuch. Now you might think you have problems, but cut my foot, but some parts of me I want you to leave alone. So Okay, you might think you you face some problems in life, but Daniel was cutting the place. I'll just move on. Here's the thing, though. Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond. Now, Daniel, away from home, cutting the place that impacted him in a lot of ways, but still he had an excellent spirit. An excellent attitude could you look at your neighbor and say well what's your excuse then (laughs) the king was pondering he was thinking he watched this man's spirit in spite of the many challenges that he he faced and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm this is a guy with the wrong religion the wrong race He was about to become the number two man in the most powerful empire on the earth. Sounds a lot like Joseph. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. You know, everybody likes you until you become competition. That's just the way the way it is. But here's also something I've learned in life. Never hate somebody. Get too mad at them because they're jealous of you. In fact, I've learned to respect their jealousy. Because they obviously must think I'm better than them, so I just agree and prove it. All right. Tongue in cheek, I'm no better than nobody, but you know what I mean. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. A man with every justification to be a complete mess remained faithful. It's something else I know. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll make an excuse. But excellence in the way he did his job mattered to him. So he did it well. And then it goes on to say that there was no error or fault found in him. Daniel was about 80 years old at this time. Now he's had over a half a century in politics. And you'd expect a few skeletons in the closet. But Daniel was completely clean. His hands were clean. And he handles his life just like his faith. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel. He's not just Daniel. He's this Daniel to them at this point. Unless we find it according to the law of his God. So a special prosecutor was assigned and they found absolutely nothing. You know, God's grace will, will not only cause you to be forgiven, but also empower you to live right and, and not be ashamed and not be, be disgraced if it had not been for the Lord on my side. So these governors and satraps, they thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live Forever now, you know this is flattery, and few things uh, people are, are as hard to resist than, than flattery itself. And flattery is a little bit like like chewing gum. Enjoy it, but don't swallow it. <laughs> I'll let you meditate on that for a second. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors, they consulted together. This is everybody to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god. Or or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. So, you know, for us, this seems really strange, but uh, uh, back in the ancient world, this was not uh, something very, very unusual. Um, Actually, one of the ways people united the kingdom, the Romans did the same thing where they began to worship the Caesar. uh, when they worship, when people worship the same God, it, it just creates a level of, of, of unity and, and singleness of heart and mind. So the, the men around him suggested that the, the, the King Darius be venerated amongst the gods. But, 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 but here's the thing. But the, the wrong thing for the right reason is still wrong. And they might have wanted to, to create unity in the rest, but, but they still went about it the, the, the wrong way. Now, O now, King, okay, verse 8, establish the decree and sign the writing. At this point, the king is being set up. He he doesn't quite realize what's going on. He said, I want you to put this in writing because they took very seriously what was put on paper so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Meaning once a law was put uh, on paper, it was absolutely irrevocable, even if the king himself changed his mind. And this is why scripture must uh, have such a high regard in our our minds and our thinking, because if God put it on paper, God must have been serious about it. And he understood the cultures. And and this came out of the Middle East, this book we read. And he understood that once he wrote it, there was no going back. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. The government passed a law that contradicted God's law. So so what's Daniel going to do here? Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, didn't say he went out to protest, didn't say, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but, but but, the Bible says Daniel went home. You see, Daniel was not the type of guy to rub his faith in everybody's face, but he also was not the type of guy to hide it. All he did was, was go about his, his irregular affairs in a regular way he used to do it, but, but even the threat of death could not keep Daniel from his God and in his upper room with the windows open toward Jerusalem I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ he knelt down on his knee he didn't argue with anybody he didn't fight with anybody just did what he knew he should do some of us talk too much we just need to do right yeah well he opened the window I just want to camp there stop talking about prayer going to pray get it done knelt down on his knees three times. He didn't just do it once. He didn't just work up the courage to, to, to in one mad moment, pray. The Bible says he did it three times that day. He knew what the king had said, but most importantly, he wanted to know what his God had to say about the situation. He went down on his knees three times that day, and what did he do? Prayed. The man's only crime was that he prayed. Martin Luther, the great uh, uh, reformer, said, "To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than being alive without breathing." And a lot of us, I don't know how y'all making it. And Daniel, it's important, gave thanks before his God. People were trying to destroy his career. People were trying to destroy his reputation and people were trying to destroy him and and destroy his life. It's important. If Daniel had reason to thank God in the midst of all that, why is it we can't praise the Lord? In the middle of people scheming against him, in the middle of of, of being in a situation that, that could cause sudden death, He bows to his knees, prays and thanks God. It goes on to say, this wasn't the first time he did that. This was his custom. This is a guy with his thing cut off. He peed through a tube. This is a man that might have carried a, a bag on his hip. That this was a man that that the hormones in his body were going crazy because uh, the, the the male hormones weren't being produced the way they used to be produced and and these guys would tend to 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 get over become overweight and and they stop growing facial hair and and he was dealing with all these internal hormonal issues but when push came to shove he gave thanks before his God. As was his custom in his early days. So, so some of you say, well, I got all these hormones, I got all these issues. See, now I'm going to get off the subject and start messing with stuff. Okay. But one of the challenges of being a eunuch is your testosterone, testosterone levels were low. You think you had some identity issues. But in the middle of where he was, he still knew he was a man. In the middle of what he was going through. He still found cause to give thanks to the almighty God. I don't care what your struggle is. You still have cause to give thanks. You see, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're already in trouble. Then these men assembled, meaning the shade parade started marching in. And they found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Now we must always obey the laws of our country, our nation, our land, except when they're contrary to God's law. And then it says, and they went before the king. Skip to verse 16. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. It's a large pit with a hole on top. But the king spoke, saying, Daniel, Your God, watch this, whom you serve continually. You see, everyone around Daniel saw his consistency. In spite of what he was going through hormonally, in spite of what he was going through nationally, away from his his own people, his own kindred, his, his own land, he still was faithful to a fault. You see, excellence doesn't come from what you occasionally do. It comes from what you do regularly and daily. And the king said, Daniel, he realized he had been schemed on and, and, and the light bulb's coming off. He said, your God will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signet of the Lord's and the purpose concerning you. So that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be what changed meaning his situation was irreversible. His, his situation, there was no natural hope for him to ever recover from what was about to, to happen in his life. But this was a little bit like Jesus. A matter of fact, this is a harbinger or, or prophetic insight to what would happen with Jesus even before it happened. My, when I read my Bible, Jesus was also laid behind a stone. And the Babylonians, you know, rolled that stone on Daniel, but, but the Romans put a seal on the stone that was on Jesus' tomb. But you know what happened three days later. Now the king went to his place and he spent his night fasting. He was kind of mad at himself for, for letting himself get so manipulated and, and letting people flatter him out of his right mind. And, and, and no musicians were brought before him. And, and the Bible also says, and sleep went from him. So we see here this king was not a bad man, just a vulnerable man. And, and in this case, a deceived man. Then the king arose very early in the morning and he went in haste to the den of lions. And here's the the, the, the stark contrast here. We have Daniel sleeping on a cold, dirty floor, and he's sleeping. The king is on a soft bed with a roof over his head and people fanning him as he slept, but with a guilty conscience. And no pillow is as soft as a clear conscience. And when he had come to the den, it's the king now. He cried out with a lamented tormented, hurting voice because he realized he had been duped and manipulated by these other men and, and his own vanity had got the best of him. So he, he cried out to Daniel saying, I, I, man, I'm sorry for what I did. I, I hope your God was able to save. He was grief stricken. And just as God had been working on the heart of Daniel all those years, we also see that he had also been working on the heart of the king. How did he work on the heart of the king? Because the king saw Daniel. And God wants to use your testimony, your consistency, your faithfulness, even though folks don't get it all the time, but, but, but use it to prick a heart and to prick a mind and, and eventually turn that person toward your God. And the king spoke. He said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God... Whom you serve, what continue? I've been watching you, boy, for years. And I've seen you. You don't miss a Sunday. You you don't miss a, an offering. You, you don't miss an opportunity to love somebody, to, 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 to help somebody. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? The gospel is the only story in history. where where the hero dies for the villain. Then Daniel said, O king, live forever. He's alive. He said, my God will never leave me nor forsake me. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. He said, last night, my God sent his angels and he shut your lion's mouth. This is my story, so I'm going to tell it the way I want to. I believe all night, Daniel was laying there in his hammer pants. And every time a lion got up to to walk around. He's like, can't touch this. It's my story. I believe even one time he went over to the lion, pulled out one of his whiskers like, can't touch this. If God be for you, Against you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him. His conscience started feeling better because I didn't kill him and he's my best man and I, I let people come between me and my blessing. Come on, come on. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get between you and your blessing and the people God's a sign of your life. He wants strife and, and discord and nonsense to get between you so you can lose
2: Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live
0: big. A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 minutes to live big mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's growth lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com.